This week on Crappy Days, Jake and I are going to be discussing our society's obsession with convenience and making our lives easier, and how it's ironically making our lives a lot harder. Everything from TV to books to our smartphones. Speaking of which, let's go ahead and get Jake on the phone. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Crappy Days, the podcast for people born in the wrong generation. I'm Justin here in Washington State. As always, it's Jake down in Florida on the other line here. Today we wanted to talk about uh, a sort of broad subject, but it's something that I think has been plaguing our society for a long time. And that is our obsession with convenience, the quickest thing, the easiest thing. Um, and another kind of parallel theme being just a number of op- having way too many options, which you could say ties in pretty pretty closely with convenience. Um, Just right off the bat, uh, I was in a fast food restaurant recently. This is a a very low level example of what I'm talking about, but just getting a Coke is not as simple as it used to be. You know, you go in, I was at Wingstop. They got one of those new Coke machines. Have you seen these? That it looks like a time machine. And only one person can go up to it at a time. It's not like the old, you know, like you had in restaurants where there's like eight pops and somebody could be on this end getting a Sprite. You could be down here getting your Coke. It's not like that. You have to. So there's literally like a line is forming and then you get up there and there's all these options of flavors you want to add and all this bullshit. And I just want a Coke. And to top it all off, the Coke isn't very good in these machines. They taste like shit. So, <laughs> the flavor, the flavor thing is what's where it really goes off the handle because I've been enticed by that every once in a while. I'll add some vanilla to my coke or whatever it may be, and the drink just ends up tasting like straight syrup. Yeah, the flavor additions are not good either because I love vanilla coke and I've tried that mm-hmm. before too. It's been years because I learned my lesson a long time ago, but uh, they did not. They got to they got to go back to the drawing board on that one. Also, that getting on that reminds me of. Uh, Back when I used to work at, I worked at Sonic in high school, remember? And uh, they, they always bragged, like the branding at Sonic was always bragging about how we had, they had uh, 400,000 drink combinations. It was some absurd <laughs> number because you got these many pops and these, many, I guess they were counting every way you could combine Coke and Sprite and Diet Coke. I don't know. And then all the flavors you can add. That's like, okay, sick number of options. I'll have a, uh, I'll have a Sprite, please. That's why the hell do you need that? <laughs> Four four hundred thousand options and like three hundred and ninety plus thousand are just different combinations of suicide drinks that you know the typical eight year old is running down the line making. Exactly, different diarrhea mm-hmm. varietals. Yep, none of them are good. Um, I'd say if I had to put a point at where convenience started becoming a problem for our society, I'd have to go. I know this show is a nostalgia show, and we're supposed to look back on the past with a sunny disposition, but. Uh, in the fifties, you could say it got started with, you know, fast food was, I think it was the fifties, maybe late forties. McDonald's was the first big one to take off. According to the founder, I watched that movie at one point. Um, and I mean, now we're the fattest country in the world. TV dinners also came out, I think around the fifties that's when people started eating Mm -hmm. in front of the TV, like that wasn't even a concept to eat in front of the TV before that you always had your family dinner. Um, and that's probably why my insides don't work today, because I've subsisted on TV dinners for like 10 fucking years. Uh, so it's become <laughs> a problem. Well, I think it probably corresponds with when when women got a wild hair up their ass and started working. <laughs> they didn't feel like coming coming back and cooking and everything else, which, by the way, uh, in all fairness, I don't blame them, because the last thing I want to do when I get off work is make a... a three course dinner for my husband or wife in my case and kids. Sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. But the other side of that coin is I've always thought women were crazy for even wanting to work. Um, I can, I can say as a man, I hate working more than anything else in the world. And if I had a meal (laughs) ticket and I could just stay home and that was, it's becoming more acceptable in society, but really it's not acceptable. No guy wants to be, no woman wants to be with a fucking loser who stays at home and doesn't do anything while she earns all the money. Uh, we can make that 
something that's supposed to happen as much as we want. It's never going to happen. Um, but yeah, I do everything I can to work as little as possible. So <laughs> I've never really Just, understood that. Justin, you're in the great welfare state of Washington. So there are options for you and your kind. That's true. There are, but, uh, <laughs> my, 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 my entire, I'm a, my entire life is just a balancing act of, you know, I don't want to feel like a scumbag either. Who's just living for free. So I work as much as I have to, and then call it good. Um, so the first thing I think of today, when I just think of like having too many options and too much convenience is streaming services, uh, Netflix, everything. Uh, but actually it started long before that, which like when we were kids growing up, you had the TV guide channel. Do you remember that? And you couldn't even scroll it. You just watched it go around the horn. And there were like 80 channels on there. I've always thought that was ridiculous. Like I, I, I never bought cable for myself in my life. I did at one point for a little bit, but um, I've always just wanted to have like five or six channels. Like just give me some channels where I can watch live sports, maybe one or two news stations. And what else do you really need? Especially now, since you can stream everything else, but that's, I think that's kind of where the scrolling era began uh, when you started. Cause I think of how many times we used to just go through the TV, look through the channels. You don't see anything that's on. Mm -hmm. You get, you go from one to 80 or whatever it is. And you go back to channel one and you just keep going. Like you didn't, it's like looking in the fridge when you're not even hungry. It doesn't make any sense. And now yeah. we're doing that on Netflix and every other platform. Yeah, I'm definitely with you. Um, I want my TV to resemble a Soviet grocery store where there's just a couple different options. You make your pick <laughs> and you get out of there. Um, because every time I've shopped around for different streaming packages and, and things like that, like at the end of the day, I just want to be able to watch live sports. And so that only encompasses a, a handful of channels. That's all I ever need. But no matter what, you're stuck with bundling it with Hulu Live or cable or anything else, right? There's just basically no options for, for the person who literally just wants to watch games here and there. Maybe one news channel, although the news has kind of jumped the shark anyway. And a lot of people are finding those options, you know, on YouTube and things like that, like myself. Um, there's so always yeah, a caveat I, with those bundles, by the way, because I, I recently upgraded my Verizon plan on my phone mm -hmm. and they, and I was like, oh, this makes financial sense um, because I'll get Hulu, Disney Plus, Apple Music uh, and ESPN Plus along with it for free. So it just made financial sense. I was like, that's a deal. But then what I find out is <clears throat> I see that I still got charged for it because I already had Hulu. So I was like, oh, I got that. I got Apple Music. I'll get those for free. I can cancel my subscriptions. And then I'll get these other two things for free. But what happened was I got billed for my Hulu account after this happened. And I was like, what the hell? So I went into Verizon and I said, I, want, I just want to make sure that I got signed up to this bundle correctly because Hulu's still charging me and that they weren't supposed to be. And it turned out that bundle included like the cheap version of Hulu that's like six bucks and has commercials. And I hate commercials more than anything in the world. So I just ended up keeping the, the $15 a month Hulu that I had. <laughs> um, and then also we make it way too difficult. Like these streaming apps make it way too difficult to watch even a show or anything because first of all, okay, how many different platforms are there? There's Netflix, Hulu, Disney plus Amazon prime Peacock, Paramount plus HBO max, just to name a few. There's a ton more than that. Yep. And I've been hearing for a long time about Yellowstone. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched that. Okay. Yeah. I, I watched the first episode on Hulu cause I had, I had heard about it too. And the first episode was like, I guess there was a free preview. You could watch it on, on Hulu. So I thought, great. I didn't bother to skim through the rest of the episodes of season one. I figured, oh, season one's free. Great. I watched the whole first the first episode. And I'm like, all right, this is pretty interesting. Go to the episode two. And it basically directs me that I have to go to Paramount Plus. Yeah, exactly. Oh, get, a, get, a load of, get a load of this. That must have been a while ago because now. Uh, so I had heard so many good things about it and I was resisting for a while because I was like, I've already got like four streaming apps and it's not on any of those. I'm not getting another app. That's ridiculous. I already have more than I should. So, but I decided, I was like, I really want to watch it. Everyone says such good things. They say, tell me that specifically I would like it. So I'm like, I got to check it out. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll get Paramount Plus. It, I'll see what that is and I'll just try it out for a while. Turns out this is a Paramount show, but it's not even on the Paramount Plus app. You have to have like the Paramount network to watch it. It's apparently a separate thing. And so, so I, so I'm like Googling, like, how do I, how the hell do I watch this show? I'm putting so much effort just to find where I can find, watch this program. It turns out the first three seasons are on Peacock, but they're four seasons deep right now. 
Uh, so I was like, okay, so if I, can I just find one fucking place that has every episode where I can watch it? Why do I have to go on this wild goose chase through multiple platforms to watch a show? And my roommate was like, yeah, I got the, I got the fourth season on Amazon. I bought it. So you can watch it when you get there. And I just said, fuck it. I don't care. I've put way too much effort into this at this point. I'm done with it. Yeah. I scrambled for a little bit trying to figure out like what to do. I was not going to, to, you know, cave and get Paramount plus only because when Paramount plus was announced, that's, that's what I knew. All right. We we've officially left planet earth. Like we have lost all touch with reality. There's a million of these Paramount plus Paramount Paramount is its own streaming service. What, what the hell is that? And you mentioned like Peacock earlier. Yeah. NBC came out with their own streaming option. A lot of these other networks are. Yeah. And back in my day, we just called those channels. Yeah. So I don't know. It's because it's, I think they know that nobody has cable anymore. But then they're like, well, we got to get our money somewhere. So I, it's, it's just never ending. It, it um, was always like a, all the cord cutters too, like the early adopters of this who just got rid of cable like super early on and thought they were cool. Um, they all bragged about how, well, it's way cheaper than cable, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, at the time that was that was correct. But now, I mean, if you have... 10 subscriptions you're paying twice as much as you had ever paid before for you know direct tv or anything else yeah it's unreal. I, mean, I have all these i've got hulu netflix amazon prime i got disney plus with that verizon thing and it's still like that's only a sliver of all the options you have mm-hmm. um and even just the idea of like i'm more a movie guy than a tv guy i like a good show when i when i when i find one but i don't i don't dig too deep for shows usually uh i don't like the idea of like committing to something that's already got 80 episodes out, you know, um, and you, you're, and you, there's no limit to how much you can watch. It's not like, cause in the old days, you know, you're it's, let's say it's the 1970s. Your favorite show is all in the family. That's my favorite show now, but that's beside the point. Uh, you, you watch it on Sunday on CBS or whatever day it came out and you made sure you were home at that time. You took your pee break during a commercial and you had to be there for that one hour slot, that half hour slot, whatever it was for your show. And then you waited until next week to watch it again. And you made sure you were there. You, you made plans around it. And if you missed it, you missed it. Mm-hmm. But now we have this concept of like, oh, I've got to catch up on my shows to where everything is like, it's like homework, you know? And I mean, this bugs me too when people are like, they won't watch a movie that's like two hours and 15 minutes, but they'll watch Cake Wars for three days straight. And I'm like, oh, how long is how long is your show? You you said you've you've never seen The Godfather, correct? How long is your show? Eight years. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've fallen into that trap. I, I'm not a binge watcher when it comes to TV, though. Um, I can't sit there and watch a three hour movie. I just can't do it. Uh, but I can commit myself to a really good show, you know, if it's good enough. And over that's time, consistent. you're, you're, but, be, you're being consistent then because you're not sitting for three hours watching a show either. Well, that's true. Uh, yeah. People nowadays, I mean, it, you know, you'll talk to like coworkers or whatever, and they will just spend their entire Saturday binge watching a show to get caught up. As you say, what a waste of a life just within four walls. You're like a caged rodent. <laughs> By the way, the same thing applies to like you. I know you and I are both big readers. Uh, mm-hmm. It applies to like a reading list, too, because every time I'm on, I'm on Amazon and I just look up a book that I want to buy, I see suggestions. And I'm like, oh, I kind of that sounds interesting, too. And all of a sudden, before you know it, I've got a book list that's like 20 long uh, and it just feel, it feels like homework. Like I need to catch up. I need to read this book so I can read that next one and then get to the next one. So I actually set a rule for myself. I had a big list of books to read on my phone. I just deleted it. And I was like, I'm starting from scratch and I'm not buying more than one book at a time because it's just, I don't like that, that mental torture of like feeling like I'm behind on something I don't even have to do. I'm just doing it because I want to. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm the same way. I have like a Goodreads app, which is basically like a Yelp for books. And so I end up scrolling through that mindlessly for a little bit and finding all these great books and you know they're highly rated and people have good things to say about them and i'll add them to the list and i think my list is like 50 books deep right now of like books i got to get to and buy and i swear if i see one more suggestion that i end up adding to that list i'm going to run for public office on the platform of book burning <laughs> yeah and i and, and i read a lot i think i read i read like 20 something books a year and so that would take me Two and a half years to read a list like that. It's absurd. That should never, you should never be in that kind of position. Um, and that, that's another, that's another great irony of this is like books are what 
in the old days, that was like, you got TV and you got books, TV rots your brain books. You should be hitting the books, read your books. And now it's like, as you're searching for books, you're basically, you're doing the same shit you do on everything else on the internet. Um, so it's, they've just, it's just infected every corner of, uh, of our society today. Um, uh, I know people are going to think I'm crazy when I say this, but, uh, we have too many options for beer now. You, you watch, you watch a movie or a TV show in the eighties, like cheers or something. Somebody comes in and says, Hey, I'll have a beer. The bartender knew what they meant. Cause there were like four beers back then. And the guy just had his regular thing and they give it to him. There, there's a new place in town, um, uh, where I live. And one of my friends works there and they have like 40 or 50 beers on tap. Why do you need that many? It's absurd. Uh, it's more work for the bartenders, by the way, because people, people are just like, treating everything like samples at the Wonka factory. Like, I need to get like coconut porter. And I would also like a taste of this IPA, like things that aren't even the fucking same at all. Just getting a bunch of free beer. Um, and especially as a bartender too, because I, I, that's what I do. Uh, it's not, it's, it's too much for a customer and it's not fun from the worker's perspective either. I like, I like in the old days when, uh, you know, you watch an old Western, somebody just comes in and says whiskey and they just pour <laughs> They just pour them the one whiskey that they have. They don't even have different brands. My dream is to open a bar. That's a very simple concept. It's call it like simple sauls or something. You can have a beer uh, or you can have a mixed drink, two ingredients. Anything that has more than two ingredients is not allowed. I'm not taking out any shakers or stirs or any of that bullshit. You can have a Jack and Coke. You can have a vodka tonic, gin and tonic, so on and so forth. Simple sauls. Not a bad idea. I don't know how it's going to play over here. Um, I think part of it is, you know, you go to like I've been yard house. If you've ever been to a yard house, they're kind of around. There's a few of them around the country, mostly big cities. I think they have over 100, 100 beers on tap. Mm-hmm. And by the time you're flipping through the book or walking around and, and viewing all the books, you're hungry. And so now you're ordering food and it just becomes this whole ordeal when all you wanted was a beer to watch a game with. Um I love craft beer. I, I, I love like experimenting with all the different stuff. I mean, I've had, I've had some good beer in my day, but I am slowly getting to, you know, uh, aligned with where you're coming from here. And now I'm just kind of like, can I just get a Sam Adams? Sam Adams is great, by the way. Um, Definitely a go-to if, if, if I don't get like a nice IPA or something. Sam Adams, um, maybe Yingling. Yingling's an East Coast beer, but it's just a, a simple lager. Good stuff. I didn't realize you were an IPA guy, but those it's, it's way too much of a phenomenon in the Northwest. And I'm so tired of it where I work. We'll have like eight beers on tap and three of them will be IPAs. It's, it's absurd. That's like 40%. Get out of here. Yeah. The more it tastes like a pine tree, the better too. Uh, love IPAs. Now, the thing I will say as once I turn like 28, if I have more than two beers, I'm waking up the next morning with a hangover guaranteed. Like I will have a fat headache from beer three on just guaranteed. So I can't even touch IPAs. I'm like a, a Corona light, two Corona lights, and I'm getting a headache. And so that's my cutoff at, at 31 years old. Yeah, I don't, I can't have more than a couple either. Yeah, I'm just way too prone to the headache the next day, uh, especially IPAs. Those are murderers. Uh, another idea that you could say was pretty convenience-based when it started uh, is social media. The idea was that you, it'll allow you to keep up with people you don't normally keep up with. Um, as it turns out, what that's become and what it kind of always was is you're keeping up with people you don't want to keep up with. Um, social media ruins people for me. There are literally people who I like. I know in person and I like them and I think I like them. And then I, I meet their social media persona and I'm like, this guy's a douche or this this girl's crazy or it's so like the, by the way, the convenience of being able to say whatever you want, anytime you want to everybody, you know, um, on a whim, I do not think is a great thing for society. It goes back to what you said in episode one about in the old days, you had the people in the town square and all the inbred toothless peasants came out and just kind of cheered and jeered at what they were saying. And now those toothless inbred peasants are like, they all have their own platform. Yeah, exactly. And they're on all the different, um, Social media, that's another one, by the way, speaking of too many options. How many social media platforms are there these days? I can't uh, I mean. There's Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. YouTube is technically considered a social media. Sure. Um, TikTok. TikTok, the worst that will ever be created, I'm sure. 
Yeah. So, the, and the majority of these people are, are Reddit. Reddit is another one, by the way. So yeah. many people are on at least four or five of these. Um, they're all absolute time wasters. And, and you're right that uh, it, it is a convenient way to, to join Facebook groups and, and feel like you're involved in the community and all these different activities. When in reality, you're just sitting behind your phone screen, uh, adding a couple comments, uh, you know, giving a couple thumbs up just for a quick little dopamine rush and, and calling it good. And wow, you're doing your part. Active community member. That's what the dopamine thing is, is basically we could have made this episode just about dopamine because that's the problem with all this stuff is you're just, we're, we're just bored. We're perpetually bored, I guess, if we're not looking at a screen. Um, I, I find myself checking Instagram and things for no reason when I was on it like 10 minutes before. And I know there's not even going to be anything new, but I'm just, it's, it's a perpetual distraction and I can't stand it. Um, yeah, Apple, uh, Apple does a, a good job at least of giving you the ability to view your daily average screen time or weekly. I know they'll send out like weekly reports and stuff like that. If you sign up for them, um, when I was teaching, uh, I actually had all of my high school students check that screen time and then just kind of, you know, we went back and forth in the class about uh, how much time they were spending, you know, on a daily average. And the absolute majority of these kids were spending seven plus hours. Jeez. every single day one girl i think the highest i saw one girl was up to 12 and that's incredible oh yeah that's incredible you're barely given, awake 12 hours right and you're in school for eight i mean she was at the time right so we're getting to the point where your entire life or people's entire lives are raising an entire generation of people whose lives are just spent like this yeah just yeah all day every day 24 7 they don't hang out with friends uh, their idea of hanging out with friends is DMing uh, people after school in, on Instagram. So I, I actually checked my, cause my phone tells me once a week what my screen time was for the previous week. And uh, this last update that I got, it told me your screen time was down a certain percentage, like 9% or something last week. I'm like, okay, it was down. I didn't spend that much time. And then it tells me three hours, only three hours, 48 minutes per day average. <laughs> Yeah, only. I mean, but relative to the general population, that probably is an only statistic, right? Like, you're not doing too bad under four hours. I, I essentially watch The Irishman every day with that kind of screen time. <laughs> That's ridiculous. With with the, with some previews at the beginning. Yeah, terribly, uh, terribly long, overdrawn, overrated movie. By the way, um, I like it, but we'll move past that. <laughs> The other thing too, like just phones in general uh, and, and convenience, uh, camera technology has, has advanced so much over the years and yeah. Okay. What a great thing that you can snap pictures of this, snap pictures of that. But, you know, over time people have moved away from like grainy video footage. And so nobody really used the video cameras on their phones to now going to things like a concert and just video recording the concert or like some big event will be happening in front of them. And they're still staring at their phone screen, watching it through their phone screen so they can record it and never go back, you know, in, in their photo library and view it anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah never. L living I, the moment is not something anyone does anymore. Yeah. I literally went to a Dallas Cowboys playoff game like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whenever that was. Uh, Against the Niners? Super, yeah. Yeah. I was at that game. Great game. Great atmosphere. Half the stadium at kickoff, you know, when, when the ball's kicked off to start the game, half the stadium is watching it through their phone screen. Pathetic. Pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dimitri Martin had a one-liner that relates to this perfectly. He said, I love going to concerts because I love seeing my favorite band through the phone of the asshole who's standing in front of me. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, the last time I went to a concert, it was probably 50 plus percent of the people. Same thing. Uh, I mean, and, and by the way, the audio still sucks. So like if you go into a concert and you're recording the audio on your phone, it's still going to sound terrible. You're never going to watch this anyway. Yeah. And our phones are a crutch when we're bored. You know, when we're at home, we spend way too much time on it. But if you're if you're you have 50,000 people around you attending an event, your phone is pretty much obsolete. It should be, except for maybe taking one picture to commemorate the occasion. What do you need your damn phone for? Oh, <laughs> infuriating. Um, let's see. Yeah, the other thing, uh, like, back when we were in high school, I know a big part of, like, well, not big. Controversy was arising with a lot of cell phone uses with kids, too. 
especially back then when like girls would get like a nude that would leak or like an ex would, would spread it around the whole school. Like I, I know you and I can think of a couple of girls off the top of our head who that happened to. Right. And yeah. so like, that should have been a moment where parents thought, ah, we need to scale this back. We need to scale phone usage uh, back altogether and, and not let our kids involved. But instead, you fast forward to 10 years, kids are on their phone 12 hours a day. Uh, and society as a whole collectively said, yeah, that's a terrible problem. Maybe maybe we need to make money and, and create OnlyFans. <laughs> and every kid's getting a phone at a younger age now, too, by the way. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and uh, there's tablets specifically designed for kids. I mean, there's literally like iPads marketed. Uh, it might be an Amazon branded one. I forget, forget exactly who's the, the manufacturer, but it's branded for like a two year old. Uh, and they pick up on it so quick. Like my, my kid, I don't even let her use my phone and she still knows how to like swipe some things and, you know, press play at least on a YouTube video, things like that. Unbelievable. So Infuriates insane. me. My kid's getting a firefly. Oh yeah. The little, the emergencies only phone. Yeah. The emergency only is you get like five contacts that you can call. There's no texting. There's no data. There's no internet. And my kids are using that until they're 18 when they're out of the house. And they have their own job. They can buy their, you know, themselves their own smartphone. But I'll be damned. They will have that when they're 16, 17 years old in high school. I've thought many, many times. I probably will never do it because like everyone else, I'm addicted. But about ditching a smartphone and just getting a basic like flip phone or something just to cut down on texting and all that stuff. Um, Warren Buffett apparently uses a little cheap phone like that. So I think if it's not too good for him, why do I have a smartphone? But uh, like I said, addicted like everyone else in our generation. So I'll probably keep it forever. Uh, I've actually had the same exact thought. Like I was just telling somebody the other day, if it wasn't for banking apps and, and GPS, I would absolutely do that. Those two are two conveniences that I'm not parting with, though. Yeah, GP, I, I actually think about that often. Um, I don't know how people got around with maps and stuff in the old days. That must have been so infuriating. Uh, like when my dad's trying to find a high school track meet in Tacoma or something, and he's not using GPS. <laughs> you <laughs> stop at a gas station and ask for directions. Yeah, like in Tommy Boy. Get yourself yeah. a new map. <laughs> Well, even further back, people would just somehow cross the country using nothing but like a, a slightly worn down trail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just looking for Go footprints. For, yeah, just looking for footprints from New York to Oregon. <laughs> Incredible, those Magellans. And dying of dysentery on the way too, of course. <laughs> Having the internet in your pocket at all times is a serious annoyance too. It leads to so many problems. Like it's like people think they need to end a debate because they have their phone on them, you know, like, no, no, I know this guy didn't play this role in that movie. Let's, oh, oh, really? Oh, really? Motherfucker. Let's look it up right now. Like just getting into heated debates. Yeah. Google it. Right. Google it. Google Google it. it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah. I'm ready to go back to Encyclopedia Britannica's. Google's a nice tool here and there but i feel like it's such a crutch now it's like a calculator where you don't really need to know math and so people just don't bother to learn math that much uh, math scores are just plummeting uh, tremendously in this country for instance math uh, is racist is what i've been hearing huh math is racist is what i've been hearing yeah that is that's the new thing um it loves Google- asian kids <laughs> hates everybody else to varying degrees well, don't you know that other minorities, non-Asian minorities, just aren't, aren't capable, Justin? They can't keep up. That's the that's, real issue. That's what, like, the port, that's what the, I think it was the, uh, it was like the, 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 I can't remember the stupid title, but some lady who was, like, head of the school board in Portland or something like that. Of course, it was Portland. Had said, yeah. uh, she didn't say those words, but she basically might as well have. Um saying that math is like but not not even saying the asian thing either like math is like a white supremacist thing pretty much you know just more more uh idiocracy playing playing out before us yeah good luck with that when we we have an entire generation and nobody knows how to to uh be an architect or an engineer and we have collapsing buildings and everything because people couldn't make the right calculations Uh, yeah but at least we solved racism 
Yeah, at least we solved racism, you know, as we're tumbling down the steps of our uh, our high-rise condos like the walls of Jericho. Um, <laughs> but, but back to Google real quick. I think it, it, it's that same crutch, right? It's the same concept. And, and you don't really need to learn anything because you can just Google it all. And um, so the art of, of knowing random, small, pointless, meaningless facts has completely died and it saddens me. Uh, you know, you know what else you can find on Google? Any pornographic imagery you want in the world. Um, so, I, I mean, I probably felt like that was pretty cool when I was like 15, but uh, I don't think anyone realizes what a problem it is today. Like I, I, the first time I saw porn, what could definitely be categorized as porn, I was like 11 and I wasn't even looking for it. That's, it was like a pop-up on my cousin's computer. I won't say which cousin. Um, and I was like, I was fucking all these images <laughs> pop up and there, there's like a, I had never even seen a boob before. And all of a sudden there's like <laughs> these girls like licking each other's boobs, like their ice cream cones. Like, well, ah, my brain didn't even know how to process it. I had to, I was like, I had to hand the laptop over to my aunt. Like, I didn't do this. I don't know where this came from. 11. Can you imagine that? Uh, yeah, that's probably the norm. I think that is like the average age of like when a child is first exposed to porn, it's like 10 or 11. I think I saw, I think it's the average ago. age. They start looking for it now. It might be. It's something like that, though. It, it's unbelievably low. Uh, 11 years old. What is that? Fourth grade? Uh, like sixth. Sixth? I, I think. No, yeah. I, thir- I turned 13 in the seventh grade. So I would have been. Yeah. OK, you're right. I guess. All right. Uh, that doesn't sound as as young. I was thinking you turned was like 13 in grade. the seventh grade. Yeah. January. Yeah. What January. Eighth, eighth grade. I don't know. I don't remember. I think you whatever. turned 13. I, 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 I did anyway. not. I didn't skip a grade. I didn't get held back. So whatever the, the norm is. Okay. Uh, but sixth grade. Okay. Well, I was, I was a twerp in, in sixth grade. Um, now they just, I mean, a lot of these young kids, they just talk like they have the knowledge of this kind of stuff, like an adult. It's uh, terrifying and it's, it's really sad. Um, well, so I, many I, people are addicted to it and don't realize it too. Cause I know so many people who are like, I'm like, when's the last time you like, didn't watch it? Like how, like how often, and like there are people who watch it every day or at least every week and they don't, they probably don't even know they're addicted because they've never tried not to watch it. So it's like an, just a constant thing in their life and there's no accountability. There's no shame involved in it because it's just a secret that no one knows about. In the old days, like you had to be like, so I think it's like a pretty average guy now is like doing that probably a lot. And in the old days you had to be like kind of more, more pervy than the average guy because you had to seek it out you had to you had to walk into a video store grab a video with tits on it and bring it up to the clerk and be like i'd like to check out this video sir anything else for you yeah let me grab this charleston chew while i'm at it and i can't imagine doing that i have way too much shame i would be way too embarrassed you basically yeah. have to be somebody who's like a, a regular at castle like they, they, you have do you, I, do you ever go to castle when you turned 18 that's what everyone does in the tri-cities yeah, I think I, I popped in there for two minutes, uh, got some some dumb laughs and dipped out of there. That's what it's for. For those, yep. for those who don't know what Castle is, I, I don't think it's a national chain or anything. I just know there's one in the Tri-Cities and it's a it's a like sex shop. Basically, they got porno and you just go in and go, ah, dildo, ah, and then you leave. And you, <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. just kind of you kind of snicker at the guy behind the counter. <laughs> that guy works here. <laughs> and that's the, end of, that's the end of that. Um, or yeah, you're, or you're at seven 11 back in the seventies and you're like, I'd like this jugs magazine, please, sir. And most people would be way too embarrassed or ashamed to do that. But now it's just like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, just get, you just get to it. In fairness, back in the day, they did have some other options. You could have been Pee Wee Herman sneaking into the back of a theater and rubbing one out uh, in public. So I'm they, assuming they, you could they not make that up. Pee Wee Herman, yeah, that's that's the whole thing. He's very known story about him. Okay, <laughs> I think I did hear that, but it's been like twenty years. <laughs> Google it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I I'm fully with you. It's way too convenient now. Uh, my first exposure. Uh, that being said, my first uh, primary exposure to porn. Um, was not on the phone or on the internet. Um, it was an old-fashioned Playboy magazine. I was 12, 13 years old. 
uh, me and some friends all got together for like a sleepover. Uh, great time. And one of my buddies pulled out like his dad's Playboy or something. Uh, the peer pressure got to me, man. It just got to me. I, I had felt uh, a sense of guilt and I didn't want to partake in the passing around of the Playboy magazine and, and the <laughs> oogling of the naked women. Um, but all of my friends were doing it. I felt like I had to just like, oh, yeah, you know, look at it and then pass it along. Um, What's so funny about it is this story sounds like the typical story of a guy who grew up in the 70s. But you were you were born in 1991. I was I was naive and I was raised by by a, a good old Baptist mother. So, yeah, it might as well have been the 1970s. I do uh, have a similar story. Like I definitely had the friend whose dad had stuff in the house like I, I remember that too it was that was I guess my second exposure to it and it was just a, a laugh fest and my friend found it hilarious too didn't see yeah didn't, I felt more I, awkward I, I, I didn't even find it that fun. I found it awkward because I had never really seen anything like that I couldn't believe that his dad or anybody in the house just casually had that lying well, around I mean, if it was if I found especially with my dad who's like the most religious guy ever if I found that in his bathroom or in his bedroom or whatever I'd be I would have been disappointed. I wouldn't have been just yucking it up, having an asthma attack, laughing. But that was with this particular friend. That's how that went. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, I did partake. Uh, got peer pressure, got the best of me. Uh, I went home the next morning and my guinea pig was dead in his cage. <laughs> and, <laughs> did you think there was a court? Did you think there was a correlation? I. Now, as I've gotten older and more mature, I understand that that's not exactly how God works. But at the time, I thought this must be God punishing me. I had that guinea pig for like five years. He was a great, great pal. Uh, and, and the minute I, I take a look at some porn, he, he croaks out of nowhere, just dead, dead as a doorknob. Um, I so, probably would have taken that as a positive, though. Like, at least he didn't direct it towards me. He, he got rid of piggy or whatever you named him it was it was a warning shot he was firing a warning shot at me is what he was doing <laughs> so for all of you porn viewers who are listening right now avert your eyes turn off the porn or your pet is going to be smited all right oh sorry hold on let me turn that off sorry i, I, didn't, had even a... hear, I didn't even hear it going off no i was watching porn sorry <laughs> Uh, dating apps are another thing where you have a million options in your pocket. Um, so convenience and way too many options. Uh, I'm, I'm dating a girl right now. We met on a dating app. That's going good, but I feel like it doesn't always work out for everybody. I think you, a lot of people go through a lot of different failed relationships before they get to one that works. And it has a lot to do with the way these things are designed. Um, you're basically just scrolling through options like you're looking for a new carburetor on Facebook marketplace or something. Um, I don't know. There's just, I, I, and I noticed people don't have like the natural breaks between relationships that they used to have because you had to meet somebody kind of coincidentally in the old days. And now it's like, Oh, this person, like say you had a relationship that wasn't didn't last long, just like kind of a fling and you were still on a dating app. You never even deleted it. You just weren't looking at it. Maybe you, you break up with this person or they break up with you and you already have a bunch of options sitting there waiting for you. So you don't have that normal like time to be like, okay, I need to be alone for a little while. Maybe I'll meet somebody in a few months. Uh, and a lot of people are addicted to it because it is, it is basically, if you're talking about something like Tinder, it's basically Instagram, except instead of liking a picture, you go, oh, I want to meet this person. And before you know it, you've got like a whole bunch of people in there. And I, I don't think, I don't think we were wired for it i mean think about like a guy in the 1800s his 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 brain would have fried at this concept first you'd have to tell him about the internet and eventually get to that but uh uh i don't yeah, know imagine, I, yeah no imagine been, sorry imagine imagine going back to those times and having to scan through oil canvas portraits <laughs> Which, by the by way, way I've never seen I've never seen a portrait of a hot ass from the 1800s. We've it's talked seen... about this so we've <laughs> talked about this so many times. I don't think it's that there were no portraits. I think because <laughs> I think there was just as much artistic talent then as there is now. I think there were no attractive women at the time. 
I don't yeah, think tra- it, it sure I, seems that way. I don't think women became attractive until 1938, uh, 32, maybe. Like I've seen some pictures of old actresses. Where I'm like, oh, okay, she's a, all right. But you, you look, look at, look, just if you don't believe me, just look at the first ladies of the 19th century. <laughs> I mean, I guess they're probably older women in many cases, but oh, good God. Look, Mary Todd Lincoln. Martha what, Washington was all right. Martha Washington was probably all right because she's from the era where she literally was a painting. There are no photographs. of her. <laughs> I actually have no idea what she looks like. Um, I do know Marie Antoinette was like Marie Antoinette is like a big uh, figure, you know, historical figure and everything. Uh, and she she's was hideous. absolutely hideous, by the way. Like you would think she would have been like she was a queen, attractive. Well, she no, definitely had disgusting. a disgusting definitely had a hot girl attitude. I don't know what she looks like, but she's famous for that, that quote where somebody said, your peasants are starving in the streets. They have no bread to eat. And she said, let them eat cake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Let them eat cake was an old fashioned way of saying, fuck (laughs) them. She was definitely better than everybody else uh, in her own mind. And she looked like a blobfish. So that's all I'll say about that. Uh, but I do have to give her credit for that line. That's a great line. I heard Archie Bunker repurpose that line in an episode of All in the Family, that little callback from earlier in the show. But he does say, I don't remember what the context is, but somebody's talking to him about somebody complaining about something. And he says, let him eat cake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, with the dating apps, I just it's like there's never been a time in history where it's easier to meet people, but less people are getting married and more people are having you know, what people would call toxic relationships probably than ever. So it looks like it backfired on us to a degree. Yeah. I, uh, I don't even know uh, how people meet anymore. Like, like you have, because like five years ago, I was like, Oh, that's for losers. I'm not going to use that. And then like, there was no stigma because everybody's on it and you can't, this is like, as you know, I'm an old school guy and I like resist trends and stuff, but this is one thing where like, you kind of have to adapt or die. Because these girls that you're hoping you just run into by coincidence and have a romantic how we met story at the grocery store or whatever, they're on the dating apps and they got a bunch of guys in their pocket waiting to talk to them. So you don't really well, have a choice in the dating world anymore. Yeah, they're also not leaving their room because they're binge watching Netflix. So you're not going to really see them out in public anyway, uh, which running into, uh, you know, running into Melissa was how I met my wife. Uh, just happened, happenstance, met her in public. Uh, no, no romantic conversation or anything like that, uh, but got a date out of it. And it doesn't do matter. Just the fact that you met in public by happenstance that in itself now is a romantic story. And you're probably the last, <laughs> per, you're, you're probably the last two people it ever happened to. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a while ago now that was circa 2012, Coney 2012, somewhere around there. Um, and so I never did. I never went through the dating apps. Uh, that was never even a thing back then. I think the only dating platforms online was still like eHarmony and all the stuff for like middle-aged divorcees, right? Uh, yeah. I remember when Christian Mingle. Tinder. Yeah, Christian, there you go. Plenty of fish. I mean, there were a few of those. <laughs> um, but, you know, dating apps in terms of like being used by people in, in our generation, that, that started really popping up. I it feel like around 2015, 2016 is when you really start yeah. to hear about t- Tinder and all of that. Um, and so I've never been on them. I, I don't even really know what they look like. Um, haven't even been interested enough to take a look at my friends and, and what they're scrolling through when they're on them. I have no idea. Um, so I, I'm Stevie Wonder about them, um, which is great, by the way. I absolutely prefer it. Not uh, a terrible thing. Yeah, they, they seem ridiculous. And the reality is with these dating apps too, is they're making money by new accounts, you know, signing up and people being active on them. So yeah. where exactly is the financial incentive for them to actually make matches? They just want yeah. to provide endless options and keep everybody in a state of misery and constantly using their apps until they're 60 years old and decrepit and finally realize that they're destined to be alone forever. Well, I, I wrote a joke for my stand-up show I just did where I said, you know, they hinge markets itself is the app, the dating app that's designed to be deleted. The idea is that you meet somebody and then you delete the app and they're right because I've deleted it four or five times now. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. I, I, think, I, I think you're right. It's like most, uh, uh, and that's, that's where my 
I met my girlfriend uh, that I'm seeing now. Um, but the way these are, things are formatted, um, they don't like narrow down a specific field that like is tailored to you. It's literally an endless scrolling thing, like just being on YouTube or on Netflix or anything. It's like, okay, this girl, I see her, I like, I dislike, whatever. And then there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more. It's just like basically never ends. So uh, I think that's the main problem with it. Yeah, I know a couple couple people who it worked out for uh, ended up getting married and everything. More power to them. Uh, but I just have a feeling, you know, a lot of these people that are using them are going to still be on them when they're 45. So yeah. uh, good luck to everybody on a dating app. But uh, definitely don't don't regret or, or don't wish that I, I was a part of that scene at all. Yeah, good thing you had to make a grocery run that day. Actually, yeah, I was working a buckle at the time and she just happened to come in for a pair of jeans. So that again, that's how romantic that was. Um, yeah. I did sell her a nice expensive pair of jeans and got a sweet commission off of it, like $3 or something in commission that I ended up flipping and using on our date. So good stuff there. Did you play? Um, uh, I, I remember we, I had a conflicting vacation that was already planned when you guys got married. So I wasn't able to make it. Did you play in those jeans at the reception? <laughs> we had no reception. We just had, <laughs> we had like a post wedding dinner. We had like maybe 10, 15 people there at the whole wedding. Uh, did it in Miami because we wanted absolutely nobody to go to it. We didn't want a bunch of people. We didn't want to pay for a bunch of people. Had no interest in that. So we just had a nice traditional Catholic wedding in, in the chapel and then just everybody that was there who made it went to dinner and that was that spent all the money on the honeymoon. There you go. All right. So we talked a little bit about dating apps and their prominence in our society. And they're becoming so prominent that uh, this ad we're about to show you, which is going to be uh, our apocalypse now feature of the week. Uh, this is a real thing. It's not brand new. I don't want anyone to think we're behind or anything. This has been around for years, seen the commercials. Um, but this dating app exists. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and roll the clip and you can see what you think for yourself. relationships outside of my marriage has given me this newfound excitement in my life. I cheated on my husband to find companionship, to feel happy and alive again. The sex is the best I've ever had. This went on for over a year. He knows my body like no one else. I didn't realize how much I needed something like this just for myself. no idea Ashley Madison was actually for adultery. Uh, I just thought it was some discreet, I don't know, maybe cheat on your, I didn't even think it was cheating related. I don't know. But what I do know is after watching this ad, I am questioning if Islam is really onto something when it comes to adultery. What, stone, being stoned to death or what? Thrown yeah. off a building? I don't. These, these women should be stoned to death. And I know I know episode five, our anchor analytics, our anchor analytics. <laughs> In episode five, our anchor analytics singled one of you listeners out as listening all the way from Egypt. And so if you you, you came back for episode six and you're listening to this right now, send, Hello, us, a, send us a Quran. I might want to um, thumb through that a bit now. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if the, so the, i don't know how you didn't know that that was what it's for they're they're the no company's slogan is life is short have an affair but yeah i see that now i just the only thing i'd ever heard about ashley madison was the the big data breach they got and so all of this discreet relationship talk went right out the window because ashley madison told the whole world who was on there i remember that not so discreet also if you're trying to be discreet and you don't want people to get caught 
maybe don't have commercials running on TV in the middle of the day. Your target audience is sitting there with their wife. What are you doing? <laughs> I know, I know these women in this ad are, are paid actresses. <laughs> what a what an acting gig to land, by the way. <laughs> this is the line. This is the line we need you to read. I cheated on my husband so I could find companionship. <laughs> I really wish it was like a platform user though who just announced that to the world on a commercial. Yeah, yeah. Um one woman who says the it was the best sex I, I've ever had. Uh, these guys aren't very picky outside of I need to find someone who's married, apparently. She is about a two. Um, and she's on there <laughs> proclaiming that she was uh, very hot and bothered by this fella. Um, I loved the uh, the little, um, obviously I didn't love it, but the line at the end, I didn't realize how badly I needed this just for myself. You're married, bitch. Nothing is just for yourself. When you're getting your vagina rammed, your husband doesn't take any pleasure in that. Only you do. That's kind of, uh, that's kind of how marriage works. You're not, uh, it's not just for you anymore. Yeah, but again, it goes back to everything we've been saying about narcissism. Every one of these women, it was all about, I needed this. I wanted companionship. It was the best sex I ever had. It's all me, 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 me. Uh, so we're, we're back to the work of the devil. And, and, and by the way, uh, this, this is an equally scumbaggy uh, app for men. It's for men who want to cheat on their wives. It's for men who want to sleep with women who are married. Um, the idea that that exists is bad enough, but that it's like promoted publicly on TV, uh, un unthinkable to previous generations and uh, very, very, vom very vomit inducing. Yeah. I'm curious how many users they actually have. Cause I, I know it's, yeah, it's for people who want to cheat on their spouse and everything, but it probably ultimately just ends up being for men who want to be catfished by other men. Well, let me, let me check my profile real quick. See how many matches I got today. Um, no, I know what the 10 commandments are. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in today and listening to us uh, rail about convenience, uh, which has, yeah, it's been con pretty convenient to start this podcast. It's way easier than it should be. We shouldn't be on here. Uh, most podcasts should not exist, but we're glad you're here anyway. And we'll see you again next week. I'm looking for someone other than my wife Other than my wife Ashley Madison's right I'm looking for someone other than my wife Other than my wife Ashley Madison's right I'm looking for someone other than my wife Other than my wife